Meow, I'm Kat, and you're in for a treat. Straight out of the oven, it's Cinema Buns, with another hot, fresh take on film. Let's dig in. Insert theme music later. Before we get into something dark, let's talk about something cute. Last week, Mary and I debated the cutest Disney animated character. So if you haven't heard that episode yet, go ahead and skip ahead like 12 seconds. I was just going to announce the winner real quick. I voted on Stitch. Mary was a tie between Piglet and Gus Gus. And according to our Facebook poll from this week, there was a Stitch and Gus Gus tie. So everyone's a winner. They're all cute. Be sure to like Cinema Buns on Facebook, and you can be involved in our next poll. Hi! Uh, happy Monday! Today we are ranking every episode of the techno-obsessed anthology series Black Mirror by Charlie Brooker, because it sort of feels like we are in a dystopian reality now, right? Um, some changes I'm all for, like the tearing down of oppressive negative systems. Many aspects of this year have definitely felt like an alternate reality. To discuss that today, gracing us with her commentary is Matt Waff Kim. Hello! Hi! Hi! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Um, hi, how are you doing? I'm, you know, really happy to be here. This is a tweet that I read that said, Black Mirror outdid themselves this time, having us experience season six instead of watching on Netflix. Remarkable, really. Um, I saw a picture, and I don't know, you and I tried to figure out if it was real, but I think it is real. I, I was confused about it. It says, it's like a mirror, and it says, season six, live now, everywhere. And it's supposed to be for Black Mirror, and it's got like a Netflix logo. And I thought it was fake, but I was looking it up today, and I guess it's real. But like, there's not any confirmation of an actual season six coming anytime soon, huh. which you have more to say about. Well, what I saw Charlie Brooker saying that we can't have season six yet because everything is just so terrible that like we just couldn't handle another season of Black Mirror on top of it. But I don't know, maybe. Netflix is having a really weird marketing campaign and just sticking mirrors all over the place. Well, I, it was like on the side of a bus stop. Maybe okay. they were just advertising Netflix, honestly, and that was like a jokey way to do it. But um, so we actually already recorded this episode and it was an hour and a half <laughs> and ain't nobody got time for that. So uh, this is our draft two. Kim and I are going to a come up we came up with a better attack plan so here's what we're going to do for anyone who doesn't want spoilers like if you've never seen the show we are going to give the rundown of my list ranking the episodes and then for anyone who wants to hear more commentary keep listening and we have more to say about the episodes in depth but I kind of wanted to start off with the list so we've watched most of the show separately but uh, the last two seasons, you and I watched together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts, commentary. I started watching the show, I think, even before I knew you. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that you had to catch up on. Well, there, and there's not that many episodes, but it right. takes an emotional toll. It really does. It feels like a lot to get through a season. There have been several episodes where I've had to like watch them in, in like... 15 minute chunks and then come back to them later but it, it is true that we have watched most of them separately and then have had to discuss them afterwards <laughs> you guys this is our this is our second take <laughs> on this imagine how good the first one was if this is the improved version <laughs> 
Um, so for this ranking, I didn't want to do like a best worst because with Black Mirror, that's not really possible. Like there are some fantastic episodes that are amazing content, but they're just too deeply disturbing for me to ever like recommend anyone. But there's also episodes that would be high on my list that I like, but they're not necessarily like as thought provoking. Mm-hmm. So I think that the best way to go about this was we decided to do the list, which is how likely I am to rewatch the episode. Kim is going to rank the seasons real quick and let us know her play-by-play of that. Oh, and I'm supposed to say, ready to dig into the bun, hun? Let's get them buns. No, that's... Okay, let's do it. I... I... I am ready to dig okay. into the bun. Um, okay, so my ranking of the seasons as a whole, this is taking into account stories that I found compelling and interesting from start to finish and rewatchability and just as a whole. Like, how much did I personally enjoy this season that is three, two, one, four, five? Three is the one that you are most likely to watch again or you liked it the best? Yes. As a whole, I thought season three was the strongest. Okay. Three, two, one, four, five. Yes. That was my house code in college. I oh. hope I hope they've changed it. It's been at least a year, if not seven. <laughs> what year is this? So I found the episodes of season three to be just really, really wonderful. Um, that's a vague term, but... I was going to say, that's an optimistic <laughs> term. Wonderful sounds like, oh, it's a wonderful life. Like, we're all going to have an uplifting, No, there were certainly some time. that, like, made me feel terrible at the end, but there were some that also mm-hmm. just gave me a lot of hope. San Junipero is in season three. Without giving anything away, the fact that it does involve... A, a romantic relationship between two women and I felt happy at the end is different. Mm-hmm. And that really, really ranks season three high up there because it really smashed a lot of tropes that were happening in TV at the time. Season three was also when Netflix took it over. It originally was produced for British television and then Netflix bought it and they subsequently produced seasons three, four, and five. And the tone has really changed since they bought it. It's not as bleak as seasons one and two, but also a bit less, uh, what word am I looking for? I don't know. I don't want to say polish because that's not right, but... British. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, certainly season three onward, they have more American actors and other than prior to season three you get Domino Gleason and that's about it where <laughs> you're like I recognize him <laughs> why don't we go through this list real quick and then okay. we can get into Great. some of the more spoiler stuff so for anyone who's not seen it here's my rundown starting with the one that I'm the least likely to ever watch again which is Metalhead which is not disturbing just stupid <laughs> I just hate this episode yeah Metalhead it was just like no just don't waste your time I ugh, yeah just I I'm angry. Um, And then the next few, so White Christmas, White Bear, Shut Up and Dance, Black Museum are ones that are amazing episodes. Honestly, probably some of the best. However, the most disturbing to me, like disturbing to the point of like literal depression, like 48 hours of being like, I don't want to leave my bed. Like I watched Shut Up and Dance back to back with what, White Christmas? Yeah, those two and just was like, 
things are bad. Like it actually affected my life. Um, Crocodile is next and I won't say much about this other than it's upsetting, but there was one really wonderful redeeming guinea pig moment that I enjoyed. Then I have some mid range and that's Smithereens, Rachel, Jack and Ashley two national anthem, 15 million merits which, uh, you know, I, they're fine. I just, uh, I think there were stronger points made faster in other episodes and made better. Um, did you want to jump in here and say that you enjoy 15 Million Merits? I do, yeah. 15 Million Merits is one of my top five favorite episodes. I think it's probably, I don't know, second or third. I think the theme of it is just that everybody has a a price that they can be bought at that they will set aside their morals for monetary gain or personal or professional gain. And you might think that the system is terrible and you want to fight against it, but anybody in any sort of disenfranchised or impoverished position will eventually have a limit that they would accept an offer to succumb. Anybody has a a price, um, which I don't think is something that people really want to face within themselves, but it's probably true for the majority of people that you can be bought at some point. Made me want to join a spin class. You know what this uh, this uh, episode made me think of? Was what? <laughs> there is an SNL skit. I think Kristen Stewart is in it where it's like they're singing like a punk song. There's like office interns and they're like, yeah, it's, it's like supposed to be a music video. Okay. And they're singing about like how much they hate the boss and they're like, yeah, man, against the boss. Yeah. And then the... Kristen Stewart, I think it's Case Do, gets like a promotion. She gets called into the office and she gets a promotion. So then like it goes back to the chorus and then she's like, but maybe we should cut them a break because maybe they really need dental work and it's nice to have job security and benefits. And everyone's like, what's your deal? Like, and then she like doesn't want to tell anyone she sold out. And then like they all get promoted and then the, the song goes from being like punk to being like office work it's great i like having a retirement plan (laughs) (laughs) um yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, the next on my list was bandersnatch which is like the black mirror movie and so good highly recommend loved this however the reason it's like mid of my list is just because i watched it so many times because it's like a choose your own adventure about someone doing a choose your own adventure and so it's very meta but it's also like I you know I've seen a lot of it over and over again so not high on my list of ones I need to rewatch because I, I really get it you know? yeah I we really really invested a lot of time over the course of an afternoon and so it was a really fun afternoon but I haven't thought since then oh man you know we need to go back and revisit Bandersnatch yeah. My last of like the mid range was Men Against Fire, which I think is an important one. It's very interesting. It says a lot about propaganda and the way that wars are fought, which is like mentally more than just physically. But it's um, also one that I'm like, you know, I got the twist. I don't need to see it again, but mm-hmm. I would recommend it. So then for the ones that I really liked moving into, I loved Playtest. Mm-hmm. Archangel's very interesting. We're going to go more in depth about these, but just for anyone who's not seen them, trying to get through the list. Uh, Waldo Moment is so worth watching because it's from 2013, and yet it like perfectly predicted 
everything about the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. And so watching it after 2016 is like so frustrating because you're like, what are you, are you kidding? Like it's very well done and uh, hated in the nation is the next one that it was good. I would rewatch it. It felt more like it's a pretty long one. Like it feels like yeah. its own movie. Um, it made me never want to get in a metal detect, not a metal, uh, an MRI machine with a nose ring. With a nose ring. (laughs) (laughs) It made me want to take out my nose ring. Um, yeah, so it left me with that. Um, Striking Vipers, pretty high on my list. Really like that one. I recommend it. Nosedive, you mentioned that one already. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most, like, one of the most palatable episodes. Like, if you wanted to just, like dip your toes into Black Mirror and have some fun with it. I like that episode. I, I I know some people dismiss it as kind of being fluffy or, I don't know, too on the nose dive, but I thought it was... Ah. I thought it was good. I liked it. Every episode doesn't have to devastate you, okay? It's true. My next one that I'm like... The next two, actually, like are pretty high as far as like I would rewatch them. It's been so long since I've seen them. Be Right Back, An Entire History of You... These are very early episodes Mm -hmm. that really, to me, cemented what the show was going to be. And, like, they both introduced concepts that the show comes back to time and time again. Um, And then my top three that I need to rewatch, as well as just probably the top three that I enjoy the most, is uh, San Junipero, you already mentioned, USS Callister, both Sandra Napera and USS Callister won Emmys. And then my very favorite, probably, yeah, I really like this episode. And I think that it's uh, one that's totally worth watching. And I think there's more to it than you get from the first watching. And that's Hang the DJ. So that's my list for anyone who's not familiar with the series. Go watch it. Let us know what you thought. Now Kim and I are going to deep dive into a few episodes. So I think what we kind of talked about at length during our last recording uh, was just that basically if you sum up White Christmas, White Bear, Shut Up and Dance, and Black Museum, Mm -hmm. it comes down to that, like, I don't enjoy retribution. Like, seeing characters get their comeuppance is of no reward to me mm-hmm. so those episodes are particularly painful because i don't like even if a character plot twist is bad which white bear goes into mm-hmm. it's not like rewarding for me to be like oh okay well they got their comeuppance it's a frustrating one i mean it's well done and it's an interesting point you had more that you wanted to say about White Bear being about not so much her as the one who's punished, but the people watching her. Yeah, White Bear is my favorite episode overall. Having... Re- really? Of the whole show? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's always stuck with me ever since I saw it. It's in uh, season two. Yeah, and, and what strikes me about it... Uh, mild spoilers for well so we're we're done now with spoil like you can say anything so at this point we're assuming that everyone has seen anything that we're going to talk about okay so but i appreciate you not spoiling it yes so now spoilers i know so you're you're at this theme park essentially where this woman who is involved in a very heinous crime 
has to run around. She's lost. She doesn't understand what's going on. And everyone around her is just like recording her on her cell phone or on their cell phones. And they're laughing. This is really funny to them. And like all you see in this episode before it gets to the twist and before we find out who this woman is and and what she did and why she is where she is, you just see this woman who's lost and confused and doesn't know anything about who she is asking for help and no one is helping her. Everybody's just recording her on her on their phones. This came out at a time when it was weirdly common to see things on the internet like, oh, this apartment building is burning down and instead of its residents immediately escaping, they're like recording video on their phones. They're like live tweeting what's happening before they think to escape from the burning building. Like this was a time when it was really still novel to have so much immediate access to the internet from a device in your hand. It's not your first thought of like, oh, this is a situation I need to escape. It's, oh, I need to like record this just because I can. And I think we've improved on that and and our technology usage has changed for the better in terms of what we're filming and putting online on our phones. And so before you find out the twist at the end, which is that you know, she's done something terrible. And as her punishment, she has to like go through this retribution park every single day. And then at the end of the day, like her memory is erased and it's a very painful process. And she just has to relive all of this over and over and over again. So before you know that she's done something terrible, what you see is a woman who needs help and nobody is willing to help her. And that's why I like it so much because at the time when I watched it, like that really is what people were doing. And now I think we're using our accessibility to do much more good. I watched a video today of like a herd of buffalo and someone was in their car recording them running, like they were stampeding. And I was like, is the person in the car recording not worried that they're going to be stampeded over (laughs) it was making me so nervous the whole time I was watching it but I mean that's a thing though is that like the more people are around the greater chance of nothing happening like it's a shared responsibility issue and so if you see something like a burning building you might record some video and then drive on by because you're like oh someone else probably called the cops so if it's just you witnessing a mugging like there's a higher chance of you getting involved than a big group because you're like well someone else will do something Uh, just one note on metalhead which is that like it has one twist at the end (laughs) which is like the whole time it's these post-apocalyptic survivors who are like trying to get a package from like a warehouse and then these robots come after them and then at the end it was like we're just trying to get teddy bears before the reveal i was like it's gonna be stuffed animals like i knew from the beginning it was gonna be stuffed animals <laughs> it's the most like innocent thing that they could be getting therefore it's the most sadistic thing to write into the plot and so i was just like that was the twist like i was so underwhelmed i hated it so we're not gonna talk about that one um white christmas i just want to mention because it has something that we're going to talk a little bit more about which is like I don't know. So what do you what are we going to call this? Like it's someone's consciousness in a computer form. Mm-hmm. It comes up a lot in Black Mirror, but it's like a little AI version. Like so there's so many episodes about Black Mirror that establish that those little consciousness beings, I don't know, yeah. AI versions of you 
I guess it wouldn't be an AI version of you. I'm not sure what you'd call it. But anyways, those little computer versions of you have like value and have like a soul. And even if they're like a little automated version of you, they're still like deserving of mercy. And so the ending of White Christmas where the little AI version of, the little computer version of him is like his time distortion is set so that like every minute feels like a thousand years and he's just like tortured. Like, I don't know. Torture is just, I cannot stomach it. And so, uh, yeah, that's, and then like the double twist is that the person interrogating him who did this bad thing to him gets that also, also gets a punishment where he goes out into the real world and can't see anyone anymore. Yeah. So like it all are punished and I just, I can't. Um, Shut Up and Dance is wildly disturbing. Supposedly, the main boy is supposed to be 19, which he looks like 13 or 14, and you feel a little different about the end twist, which is he's involved in watching child pornography, and like if he's 13, you're like, well, that's age appropriate, but if he's 19, you're like, nope, this is a problem. Yeah. Um, so I, that made me feel a little different about the episode, but I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's such a painful episode in every regard. Mm-hmm. It's well done. I mean, it's interesting. It's just, it's too tragic. Um, Black Museum, we could talk about a lot and we did already when we recorded this before. So I think the summation we came to was just that it's hard. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. There are some things, there are some worthwhile things where I'm like oh that was interesting and I do think about that again like the thing where the doctor wants to feel what his patients are going through so he wears like a pain Mm -hmm. sensor like a receiver and then he gets like addicted to the feeling and then so like that's an interesting thing it made me think of oh shoot I should look this up okay there was a movie from the 60s I think it was just called Peeping Tom but he like works on movies and then he kills women and like record like lets them like while they're being murdered he has them look in a mirror so they have to like look at their own face as they're dying and like that scares them even more and so um i don't know that that this black museum episode made me think a little bit of that that like okay that you would take pleasure in someone else's pain and that also like i don't know i don't know like magnifying that pain by making them so aware of it as it's happening anyways so that um smithereens was a good episode i don't want to dismiss it it's just it's not one that i need to watch again and it didn't feel like i it didn't really fit with black mirror for me yeah totally it is not the same show it's not in the same universe as anything else that's happened i like that it uh had the priest actor from fleabag but yeah yeah. he's a great actor um this would just be a good short film like if i saw this in a 48 hour film festival i'd be like oh yeah yeah, that was interesting but i don't think it said that much about like technology and our relationship to it and how it shapes us as humans it's just a really sad story uh, Rachel, Jack, and Ashley too was just too like Disney Channel for me. <laughs> like it had some interesting concepts, but I, I don't know. Um, so I'm not going to talk too much about those mid range. So I wanted to go into playtest. The reason it's kind of middle of my thing is that I really like it a lot. This is the one where there's an American. He's visiting Europe. He's running out of money, and so he's like, "Oh, I'll go sign up for this virtual reality 
video game. And then um, they tell him not to bring his phone. And then he goes into, of course, he brings his phone. And then the whole thing is like a horror house. And so there's like some good jump scares in there. There's like a giant spider. So some interesting things. And then he comes back home to his mom. And the whole time he's been upset because his mom hasn't called him. And his father has recently passed from dementia. And Mm -hmm. so he goes back home. And then it turns out his mom doesn't remember him because she has dementia too. And then twist, the whole thing was like because he brought his phone into the video game when his mom called him it messed up the sensors and so he never even was in the video game so like everything you're watching after the first like 10 minutes is all like supposed to be a quick brief flash that happens in his mind like as he's being killed so i guess i like this episode that's an interesting concept um but it's just one of those episodes where you're waiting for the twist the whole time like yeah. you're like I know that something like maybe the whole thing is fake like when when someone is going into a there's a good Doctor Who epi- Christmas episode where it's like an episode in an episode in an episode like a inception kind of thing so I, I, that's interesting but to me you're always like are they ever out of the dream state and so you're waiting for that and so I'd say that was frustrating to me mm-hmm but I like that the whole like horror house doesn't scare him, but that the thing with dealing with his mom, yeah, having dementia would actually be like the most the scariest of all. And so I, I like that direction. Um, Archangel is about censorship. I think this is a thought-provoking one on like the more censored a kid is and sheltered can do a lot of more damage to them. Mm-hmm. And, like, at what point are you going to let your children be their own people? Because we do this. We really, like, there's special phones you can give your kids where they can only make phone calls to, like, preset numbers. And then, like, on Netflix, there's, like, kid-friendly version. And even when I record this podcast, I have to say if it's explicit or not. Those are my only two options is can kids watch it or is it explicit? And I'm like, or listen. And I'm like, well, I mean, a kid wouldn't listen to, like, this episode, but it's not explicit, so I guess it's kid-friendly. So it's, like, weird. Yeah, and I, I think it's not the twist, but I guess the value in watching this episode is that this woman winds up being deeply, deeply harmed by the censorship that she does to her kid because she grows her the child grows up and turns into a very rebellious and angry teenager and then, like, physically hurts her mom, but because the sensor is turned on, she doesn't have any concept of exactly how much physical damage she's doing to this woman. And so, just, like, talk to your kids. If they encounter content that you find questionable, just have a conversation. Like, you don't have to put blinders over their face. It's better to create an open line of communication between you and your children so that they don't wind up you know, getting angry and beating you with their iPad in the middle of the night because you wouldn't let them watch a show. I told my parents every detail of everything I ever did. Like, I would get home from school every day and be like, okay, mom, here's what you missed on Glee. (laughs) (laughs) First period, I did da-da-da. Then I walked between my classes and said hi to so-and-so. And And she was like, enough already. (laughs) So, you know, maybe (laughs) maybe uh, then I was allowed to do more stuff because I was very honest with my parents. Yeah, I feel like the more censored of people I knew tended to be more like having to sneak around so Mm -hmm. yeah censorship is just an interesting like I don't know I just was big on like self-censorship like I knew when something was too scary and I didn't want to watch it but I don't think everyone has that 
I was just thinking about like why parents censor and obviously there's something about like a child is an extension of yourself and you want the best for this person. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I wonder like why. Even something like where parents like don't want you to get tattoos or piercings or colored mm -hmm. hair, like all that kind of stuff. Like why? Like, I guess it just goes back to reflecting on you. Anywho. Um, okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Be Right Back, an entire history of you. Cause I think those ones are really interesting. Okay. Um, so Be Right Back is the one with Domino Gleason. He is in a relationship and dies pretty early on in the episode and then his girlfriend gets like a robot version of him and then the kind of breaking point with her she's like oh he's based on like all of the social media presence and some private text messages and stuff and that's like how they make the robot version of him I don't know I guess it goes into like is your social media really you and at first like he's too peppy like he doesn't talk about like the bad stuff like he only is like here's a beautiful dinner we're having tonight and she's mm -hmm. like yeah but you know you have to round it out a little more so then I think they like update him with some of his private text messages but like the test for her to see if it really is her boyfriend or not is she asks him to jump off a cliff and he's like okay and then she's like the real you would have never done that and so she decides that like she can't be with him anymore because it's it's too much not him but i do wonder like if it had really been a perfect copy mm -hmm. would she have been satisfied i don't know that's so weird i think I want to believe that somewhere in the back of her mind, she would always be like, this is just a copy. This is metal and rubber put together. Yeah, but it's interesting that she only focuses on the way that the android is different. Like, instead of being like, oh my gosh, my significant other is back. I'm so relieved. It's like all she can think about is the ways in which it really isn't him. Yeah, and... and I think no matter how similar he was to the real person, I think there is no bringing back anyone who's gone. And it's lovely to have something to like remember them by and you don't want to forget the person and you don't want to let go of who they are and what they were in your life. But I don't think a robot is ever going to be a real replacement. And so I, I think she's just always going to be conscious of the ways in which this is an artificial copy of someone that she loved. We talked about this a little bit on my cuteness episode, but Uncanny Valley, mm -hmm. which I think plays in a little here because I think that if it hadn't looked like Domino Gleason, mm -hmm. like I think if it had been just a plain silver Android, but had like the, uh, social media presence and text message and stuff of Donald Gleason. I think she would be like, oh, checking in with it. But I don't think that she would be like, so you're not really him. Because I think what that is, is her frustration comes from her wanting to believe that it is really him. Yeah. So I guess what I mean by that is like, if you watch Bicentennial Man, you really come away with it with a sense that like, no, robots do matter. They And especially since so much else of... Black Mirror argues that the computer intelligence version of you is real. I guess maybe it's we are supposed to take mercy on those computer versions, but it's not the same as you. Yeah. But I think that's an interesting question about personhood, which is like, at what point are you you? 
there's a scene in The Good Place where they are trying to reboot the computer Janet. And then she's like, no, don't reboot me. And then they're like, oh, we thought you were okay. And she's like, oh, yeah, sorry. This is just my my self-protection kicking in. Please go ahead. And they're like, okay. And then she's like, no, don't do it. (laughs) So, like, the fact that the robot didn't fight back was a giveaway for her that it was a robot. But I think it's that Uncanny Valley thing, though, where she's like, it looks too much like him. Mm -hmm. Like, I keep believing it's him. And I can't be fooled because it's too painful because he's not here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's also the question of how much your social media activity aligns with who you actually are as a person like a lot of what people put online is image crafting and you're like you want everybody to know that like you've had this like marvelous dinner and so you post a a photo of it you're like oh my gosh isn't this so lovely but looking at a picture doesn't give people the truth about like every moment that led up to it and like whatever happened in the car ride home and Mm. all of these moments that this robot is built on she knows the the fuller picture of it it's just a really incomplete person I, i think that's true for most people that what you put on social media is there to craft the image that like everything is wonderful scrolling through and you're like oh my gosh this person did this and i'm not doing this and what am i doing with my life like it's so (laughs) where's my water buffalo i want a water why don't i have a water buffalo yeah yeah i i mean that's true that social media tends to be more of like a a timeline really of Mm -hmm. you know here i am in paris here's a picture but i mean that's even the nature of memory that you think back on things better than they were and you don't think back of like well I got in the train Mm -hmm. and then I or I bought my train ticket then I got on the train then I went to the airport then I bought my ticket then I did you know like that mundane stuff but I guess my another takeaway of this episode for me is just the commercialization of death which is like Uh we don't want to accept that it happens and that's why I think this is a very realistic episode because we so 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 fight against death like when I had to put my um pet my son my pet down last year it's like they come in before you put the animal down and they're like oh did you want to pay to keep the ashes do you want to pay to get a paw print you know done in ceramics there's so many things you can pay and it's like can I just give you money so we don't have to kill him? Like, it's so hard when you're, like, mourning and someone comes in and they're like, oh, did you want a a cute etching of him? And you're like, oh, my gosh. I found it incredibly comforting to have friends create art of my pet, and I have that around, and I think it's very beautiful, and it makes me very happy, but it's not bringing him back, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. replace him, but it is just so, like... I think with our pets especially, there's like, you can get them like taxidermied. Like there's so much with keeping them around. And so it does logically follow that we would extend this to humans Mm -hmm. because everyone's lost somebody and that's so personal and it's so like painful. And it's like the biggest thing we're fighting is to keep them here. This is the second biggest thing. The biggest thing we're fighting is to keep ourselves here. And that's what we're doing with ourselves. We're trying to be famous, to be remembered, to not go away. Yeah. So I think that's what this episode touches on is like, we want to do that with the people we love. A good show, which I'll probably talk about another one, is I'm really enjoying Upload. But Upload is similar in that way where it's like computer version of you. I don't know, computer consciousness, what that, Mm -hmm. what you call virtual consciousness. Maybe that's what term I should have used. Anyways, so that episode I think is interesting, but I know it's like not a fun one entire history of you i really loved it was one of the first episodes where i was like oh the technology was so cool where you can look through all your memories 
It's been so long since I've seen that one. I know that's like a painful, hard one, but true. And you can like share your memories with other people. Yeah. But then it goes into like, well, then are you policing other people by looking through their memories? And do you have to prove to other people that you're telling the truth? Because if you don't show your memories, then you're hiding something. So it takes away any privacy. Yeah, and it gives people a sense of entitlement that they should be allowed access to all of your information at any time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it kind of makes me feel like the way we are with our phones, where like, sometimes I want to put my phone down and just go in the other room. And I'm like, well, no, because if someone calls and I don't answer, then people get mad. And it's like, you're always expected, like you're now tethered to your phone because people know that you Mm -hmm. have it around. People used to not expect it because you weren't near your landline. But like, it's like the burden of the technology. Yeah, now you're always accessible. Uh, You already touched on San Junipero. I guess I'll touch a little bit on Striking Vipers from my list, which was just that... I love this one. I, it's funny because this is the one episode that like my two male coworkers were like giggling about and they were just like, oh my gosh, that episode was so weird. Wasn't it so weird? And I was like, like they were like, oh, it's so crazy. Oh, it's crazy. And I was like, it's a pretty crazy show. So like what was, this is before I saw it. And I was like, what was so like offensive to them? And then I was like, oh, mm, male intimacy. Got it. <laughs> like, that is uncomfortable for people. I love this episode because I do think that you don't really see a lot of male intimacy and especially like as we talked about with moonlight like two black men who are in a relationship romantic Mm -hmm. or sexual is very taboo right now and so i think that's very interesting and i wish this episode would have gone further with it because i feel like the takeaway from the episode is that video games are very homoerotic and also that video games are just in general over sexualized and Mm. that the avatars that you create usually men have avatars that are bodacious women Mm -hmm. and it's like well are you walking around just being attracted to that avatar are your friends attracted to that avatar but i actually think that this episode says more about and i know that they did kiss in real life and then they're like oh yeah no that meant nothing but i felt like one of them meant it and one of them didn't like i think one of them really did feel something yeah so i'm sad they shied away from that i also like that this episode touches on like open relationships mm-hmm. and that that's kind of like a happy ending that they can have a yeah that the husband and wife come to an agreement of once a year he can have his uh video game sex and she can hook up in real life so that's a nice compromise i think it's an interesting episode because a lot of black mirror again is like torture or like yeah video um, technology gone awry and this to me is like oh just a different look at technology that i think is very logical leap i think as we get more into vr and i mean even what was player one ready player oh one. yeah ready player one you really like that yeah but i mean that was a lot of like who you say you are based on your avatars different right. from you actually are yeah it's a breath of fresh air when a black mirror episode is focusing on like love (laughs) versus just eternal torture the second to last episode i want to talk about is uss callister which i really love i think this was a really fun episode i'm such a star trekky nerd and so like that was fun for me it's the way jesse plemons says milk when he orders his latte yeah it just i understand that like this episode won an Emmy, but, like, that's what gives me the heebie-jeebies about it. Not, like, what happens to these little avatars, not what he's doing to his co-workers to get their, like, DNA. It's just the way that he orders a latte 
man is a psychopath. Jesse Plemons, Kristen Miloti, Jimmy Simpson. I love this cast. It's so good. Yeah, it's and it's so stacked. People right. who don't like normally have leading roles. So I just, I thought it was so fun. Well, this is one of the few episodes where the virtual consciousness characters are not put to torture like they kind of like win in the end there's yeah. a lot of episodes where they're kind of like experimented on or like killed and so i think this is like a fun one where it could go really wrong and i was like really nervous about it but mm-hmm. then it kind of comes together like you're really rooting for them so i would this is what i wish more black mirror episodes would be okay i wish that they would be yes it's a really interesting concept um, this kind of plays off of a lot of other episodes. It has the virtual consciousness discussion, which is do these care? Do these are these people? Do they have personhood? Do we care about them? Does it matter that he's keeping them prisoner? And then it also plays into just the fandom of Star Trek. Like it's cute, mm-hmm. it's, but then it's also like an abuse of power because he's the boss in the office, and yeah. So there, there's a lot of interesting, fun stuff in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last one I wanted to talk about was Hang the DJ, which I loved watching it because I was like, it reminds me of, there's a movie called Timer that I really like where you get like a wristwatch and it says how long before you find your, the love of your life or something. And you just like accept that that is, that the system has decided who you're going to be with. So in Hang the DJ, they're on a date and they get like a time to be together. So it could be seven months, it could be one night, and then you just like accept that. I like the way that Hang the DJ, it feels like you're almost like, oh, it's not even Black Mirror, it's just a romantic drama. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes very Black Mirror-y at the end. I mean, the end is that like they are virtual consciousness and that there's like a thousand of them playing over this test over and over again to see if they'll get together in real life. And then in real life, they're like, oh, okay, well, 800 of our 1,000 got together, so we should probably be a couple. Yeah, it's like the two actual real-life human people are like at a, a party, and it's yeah. this like dating app that's running these tests over and over and over. Then they get like a percentage score of like what their success rate would be based on these virtual tests. Well, that's what I think is so fun is that this episode feels like, yes, it's a win for love. But then you're like, wait, if they choose to run away together, aren't they disappearing? Like they choose to run away together and they climb over the wall and they run away from this society Mm -hmm. and then they just disappear. And if we've established that these virtual consciousness do have personhood or whatever, then Mm -hmm. like they all die times a thousand, like because they chose love. Like if they hadn't chose love and they just stayed in the system, could they have just lived out their lives? Like, it's just, it's such a dark ending. I just yeah, love. It's, it's really eerie. But like, it doesn't feel like that. You don't feel icky at the end. You're like, oh, love prevails. And the song that plays at the end is so good. And it's just like, it feels really rewarding because you do feel like, oh man, they, 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 they chose love. They chose love times a thousand. What a story. And you're like, wait, all of those characters just died like it's so it's so much to think about they didn't die they just they got existing. deleted from the database Ugh, i can't their recycle bin got emptied out but it is a fun episode and i do like yeah. that about like if you're told from the beginning that your relationship isn't gonna work do you just give up or like i also like that this episode the way they deliver information, like the timing of it, mm-hmm. is thought out because you don't really question the society. Like you're just like, oh yeah, they 
they're just told how long they have to be together. But it doesn't seem weird to you that like they just move in together. And then yeah. when they start to rebel and everyone around them is like, no, you can't do that. Then you're like, wait, what's messed up about this society? But like, it takes, like you ignore so many red flags that tells you that this society is fake. But like, imagine just how nice it would be to go on a date with someone. You look at your little timer watch thing and it's like three years and you're like, okay, three years. And then you have like a house that you move yeah. into and it's furnished and like you don't have to worry about any of those things like you just have a house now and there's this person and it's like <sighs> that's the worst because the thing is you don't want to be told that you're going to spend three years because you're like what a waste like why would I even want to get invested like you want to either be like oh this is just going to be a two week fling let's have fun or this is my person but you don't want to be told this is a one to five year relationship <sighs> Is it even worth going through? But I think those one to five year relationships can teach you a lot about. They totally can. They can yourself. teach you about yourself. The emphasis you for me is. as a millennial with student debt is just on being given a house. Being given a house. Yes. This is very that's... Animal Crossing for you. Oh, yeah. That was one other thing I wanted to say is that um, you were talking earlier about how you care a lot about your Animal Crossing villagers. I do care a lot about my Animal Crossing villagers. Well, that kind of goes into the USS Callister one that we were talking right. about. That, like, it's hard to not believe that these virtual that consciousness yeah. have some... Like, I, I paid $1.95 for someone to mail me a Groucho Amiibo card so that I could absolutely always have Groucho in my town. Like, I forced him to move there because I love him so much that I refuse to exist in a universe where I'm playing Animal Crossing without Groucho And in my isn't town. that the plot of USS Callister? <laughs> sure, but I say milk like a normal person. <laughs> I see. Because we hate the idea so much of our villagers leaving and then not going anywhere that we have to find strangers on the internet to take them just so we know, like, oh, Opal, my elephant, now has a loving home. That was how I felt with Neopets. I only ever adopted my animal. Go to the, like, adoption agency. Mm -hmm. And that was why I remember my favorite, my favorite character was a lizard, and his name was Dark Lord, which, like, I would never name something Dark Lord. <laughs> I was like, I have to adopt him. Clearly he comes from a, a shifty background. <laughs> so we do care a lot about these computer like I don't know and I think that's nice that humans have empathy for so much even like my roommate in college used to bump into things and be like oh I'm sorry lamp <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it is nice to give but then that also I think sometimes we give more decency to inanimate objects than we do each other mm -hmm. and maybe that's just someone who's having to work through a pandemic <laughs> talking as having people come in and yell at me about masks but perhaps you know you would think that having compassion and empathy towards virtual consciousness and lamps and animals and animal crossing characters would extend to humankind but anywho cool well i hope you guys found this interesting um if you like us on facebook at cinema buns then you can chime in and give us feedback on what you thought of these episodes and tell us, you know, like what Black Mirror episodes you enjoyed. Th thank you for coming into the studio today. Yes, always a pleasure. <laughs> love you very much. I and, love you. Uh, we'll see everyone next Monday. Bye. 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 <laughs>